Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Uncensored Empath, a place for us to discuss highly sensitive energy, illness, healing, and transformation. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a life and success coach for empaths who want to create a thriving body, business, and life. Think of this podcast as your no BS guide to navigating life, health, and entrepreneurship. You'll get straight to the point, totally holistic tips from me in real time as I navigate this healing and growth journey right beside you. This is a Soul Fire production. I had so much fun recording this episode for all of you. My guest is a friend. She is part of Soul Fire Productions. I have been in her group program recently. She's been inside of my Illuminated Coach training program a couple weeks ago. And she is a wealth of knowledge. Her name is Christina Rice, and she is an intuitive business mentor and manifestation coach who helps ambitious entrepreneurs and coaches build and scale six and seven figure online businesses organically, organically. (laughs) She's also the host of the Wellness Realness podcast that I have been on in the past, the creator of No Bullshit Business School and the co-founder of Brain Rewiring Certification Course. Needless to say, she is a multi-passionate, highly successful entrepreneur who we can all learn so much from. And she is a lot like myself in that she has a long journey with chronic illness, a chronic illness that almost took her life and really has inspired her journey to become a nutritional therapy practitioner, a Reiki practitioner, and a whole lot more. You're going to learn so much from her today. We, We really talk about anything and everything. We bop around a lot in this conversation, but I know that there's going to be a bit that you take away and that you can apply to your life. So let's dive in with Christina. All right. Christina is on the show with me today and I'm so excited to have you. Christina, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's so cool. Finally. I know. It took us a little while to get this on the calendar. I know. Our schedules. <laughs> we are here and we are rocking and rolling. And I'm, I'm just excited to be able to have this conversation. I, I want to start with your throat chakra because I feel this is something I've been talking about on the podcast a lot lately. And I see you as a woman who just tells it like it is, puts it out there, shares her opinion, shares what's on her mind, shares what's on her heart. And I I know there's so many people who are so afraid of doing that. What has been your journey to really just putting your truth out there? 
Mm, that's a good question. Well, I do think part of it has to do with my open throat center in my mm-hmm. human design chart, I will say. I think I'm just naturally like that. But I was actually thinking about this yesterday, interestingly enough. And I grew up, like when I was little, I was a really outgoing, opinionated little girl. Like I had, I had a mood. I was sassy, right? And I would just say what I thought when I was really young. And you can kind of get away with that when you're really little and cute, right? And then I got a little bit older and people would start pushing back and be mean to me. And so there was a period of time when probably from when I was like 10 to hmm, 17, where I just shut down and I really didn't talk. I mean, looking at home, I would go to school, I'd come home, go to volleyball practice, come home, and I really didn't talk. Like there's probably a three or four year period where I did not say a word to my family, my parents. I just wasn't talking. And even at school with friends, I would just be really quiet because I was so nervous what other people were going to think. And then towards the end of high school, I really stopped giving a fuck because I was like, I'm never going to see these people again. (laughs) And I started coming out of my shell more and started realizing what am I really afraid of? And then when I was in college, I came down with pretty serious chronic illness. And there was about a year where my life was very much, I was on the brink of dying pretty much. And during that time, I had to turn inward very much so and really get to know myself. And in that time, I had to be an advocate for myself where I quite literally would have died. And I feel like that is what really opened it up for me where I learned to not care because I realized, okay, if I die tomorrow, because that's actually how I was feeling in my body, and my doctors were telling me that every day, then why was I so worried about speaking my truth? And I also realized that for me to not speak my truth was putting my life on the line. If I was just letting other people, you know, think what they thought, and especially with doctors not being heard. And so being an advocate for myself in terms of my health really helped to open it up. And when I started healing from that and was stable enough to, you know, go back to school and start living my normal life, I just had this new attitude of what am I afraid of? Like, what am I afraid of? And at that point, I had lost so many relationships in my life that the, my only choice was really like, let me just be me, like my authentic self. I'm not going to hold anything back. I mean, obviously, that doesn't mean just saying shitty things to try and hurt somebody. And that's where I think people get, get it misconstrued, where they think that having an open throat chakra and speaking a truth also means you have to be really aggressive. And it, it's not the same thing, right? It doesn't have to be the same thing, but it's really... I mean, I think it's just really admirable to be able to stand firm in your truth and speak out. And that also gives other people permission to do the same. And I started realizing that through my content because at the same time I started blogging and podcasting. And the more I spoke out, the more other people were telling me that it gave them permission to be themselves too. And I think just feeling that transfer of confidence gave me more confidence. And now I just have this outlook of, what am I afraid of? Why would I not say what I think? Because the truth is, there are going to always be people who don't like me. People are always going to not like me, but then there's also going to be people who love me, but they can't love me unless they know the real me. And for them to know the real me, I have to speak my truth. So at the end of the day, I think what it really was, was really facing that point where like, what do I have to lose and what am I afraid of? Yeah. Is it losing a relationship? Well, the, if, if, it's, if you're going to lose a relationship because you speak your truth, that person shouldn't be in your life anyway. Mm-hmm. And they're really hard questions to grapple with, but I think it's important because, I mean, what's the point of this life if you're going to stay small and not speak out about how you feel and what you want to say? Mm-hmm. Wow. That actually makes me sort of emotional. I just think about our health journey, chronic illness journey as such a healing journey, not only for our physical body, but for far, far beyond that. And this realization at some point that no one's going to come save you. And you have to be an advocate for your body, your health, your being, your life. And it it just is, for me, it was a major wake-up call. And I realized that I had to start speaking for myself. I think where sometimes empaths can get a little confused or lost is that since we, as highly intuitives, are so attuned and in, in, tuned into other people's energy, 
it's almost like you are mind reading other people all day long. (laughs) And this assumption that they must just understand you. They must just get you the way you get them or you pick up on their truth or their emotions so clearly with your clair senses. And I know for me, I had to actually take this step back and be like, whoa, not everyone feels that way. And I can't expect them to just get it or know what's on my mind. I have to start using my voice. Do you relate to that? Oh, totally. And I think that's one of the most painful, frustrating parts of it before you have that realization because you think, am I crazy? How do you not get this? Because it's so obvious to us because we feel it in our bodies and we just know it. But then when you have that awareness, it does help because it helps you to just not have your expectations so high. Not everybody is picking up on the same things as you are. So I can totally relate to that. And I think that that's why that understanding and that awareness of, of how intuitive you are is so, so valuable. Because And most people think that they're, I mean, everybody's intuitive, but a lot of empaths, especially clairsentients, they, they always tell me, they're so frustrated because they can't open up. They feel like they can't open up their, their senses. Like you're extremely clairsentient. I think clairsentience is one of the most underrated clairs. It's one of the most underrated ways to receive information. And people, because they have this idea in their mind that it has to come through like audibly or visually, a lot of people feel that way. Then they devalue their own gifts. And then because they're doing that, they get frustrated because they feel like everybody else around them doesn't understand them. And then the second you can connect, oh no, I just like understand people on an emotional level way more deeply than other people naturally do. Then that kind of gives you your power back. So you know when, when to speak out. Yeah. Uh, Yes. 100%. Yes. I'm super curious. What, what of the Claire senses do you feel like is strongest for you? Hmm. I just did a podcast about this. You know, I feel like it's changed. I, you know, I think clairsentience has always been really strong, but I would say the way I most, I tune in, it's very much clairvoyance and clairaudience. I would say about evenly right now is how I, is how I get information. I love that point you made too about clairsentience being underrated and and I've talked about the Claire's on the podcast before, but if anyone's new listening, that is the empath. And mm-hmm. just because you aren't seeing spirit with your eyes or hearing clear, audible voices in your ears does not mean that you don't have psychic intuitive abilities. Like it comes through in a, a multitude of ways that can also layer themselves like you might have a clear cognizance a clear knowing and a clear feeling in your gut and maybe see something or or one or the other and christina i know you've been really i've just been observing through your instagram story but (laughs) i i I sense that you've been really diving deep into your own psychic development and i'd love a little like behind the scenes understanding of like what is going on within you for you? How is this changing your life right now? Oh yeah. I would love to get into that. But before I do that, I want to add something to what you said before, because it just came to my mind. Well, relating the the throat chakra to the empath. So the way I see, I see empaths and clairsentience actually a little bit differently where mm-hmm. to me, the empath is here to transmute darkness into light. And it's almost like they, I don't want to say the word attract because it's not like they're trying, you know what I mean? But it's almost like they tend to find the dark because they have the ability to turn it into light. And that can feel like a heavy burden to bear versus clairsentience. And I think a lot of empaths are clairsentient, Mm -hmm. but I know people who are clairsentient who are not empaths necessarily, Mm -hmm. where they're more just observing versus having the ability to transmute into light. And what I'll say is if you feel almost bogged down by your clairsentience or being an empath, because you're feeling all of that emotion in your body, first of all, realize that you might be afraid to speak out almost because you're judging or you're judging a situation or deciding something before it's even happened because you're feeling the other person's emotion. Um, and part of the way to release that is to use your voice and to get the energy out of your body. Think of it like you are literally attracting the energy. You can feel it in your body. How are you going to move that through? You can part of the way you can move it through, you can do it physically like through dance or something, but speaking your truth helps to get it out in that way. So I just wanted to remind people of that because 
I, I know for me, that was a huge light bulb moment when I realized, wow, I'm feeling all these things. And also sometimes I would say something. I'm trying to think of an example where I would say something and then I would feel so guilty or bad about it afterward. And then I realized I don't actually feel guilty or bad about it. I'm just feeling this this lower vibration from that person because they're actually feeling bad about themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm picking up and then I'm attaching it to myself. So that might feel a little ab- abstract, but when I started to realize that, when I realized I'm actually not feeling my own emotion, it's actually somebody else's, I was able to just let it move through, pass through. Mm-hmm. And that helped me have more confidence in sharing my voice. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like that saying, you know, the way out is through and mm-hmm whether it's actually then sharing your voice through sharing your voice or through feeling. I mean, how many times have, have both of us tried to go around and tried to find the shortcut and, you know, it just doesn't work. You have to sit with it. And what I found is also that sitting with it is not so torturous or horrible as we think it's going to be or our subconscious mind tells us it's going mm-hmm. to be because it our body is trying to keep us safe but once you start to realize that that isn't as uncomfortable as it was you thought it was going to be you realize that is the shortcut like that mm-hmm. shortcut is through that little bit of of discomfort oftentimes yeah definitely it moves through so much more quickly it's like the easiest the fastest way to move, not the easiest, the fastest way to move through anxiety is by sitting with it and feeling it. And I'll probably move through you in 10 minutes mm-hmm. versus just pushing it away. So transmuters, yeah. like you were saying, empaths mm-hmm. are beautiful transmuters. And so we have this ability to be able to, to bring that energy in. I think of it literally as a ball spiraling mm-hmm. and like transforming into something different, like the light and then be able to then uh, transmute that outwards. And, you know, what a gift yet. Th- I still see so many people who, who back off of that, who repel it, who avoid it. Mm-hmm. And I, I get why, because I did that too, but it's so worth going through. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to feel better from it, the first thing you can do is actually accept it. And then, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you listen to all of Sarah's episodes, you have so many tools to actually turn it into an advantage, really. And I think this is why so many empaths struggle with chronic illness. So many intuitives struggle with chronic illness because they're not, they are, they have all the energy moving into their body and they're not getting it out. And so I just really encourage people to really, yeah, use your voice, dance, like feel the emotion, just move it through. It's so, so crucial. Um, so back Back to to your journey. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh man, this is such a wild ride. I will say I did a whole podcast about this recently. If people like want more in depth, but things have changed even more so since then. Well, big picture, I think it's that classic thing where you're a really intuitive kid and you have all these interesting experiences and then it shuts off for a while, right? That was and, me too. I was like yeah. talking to the fairies and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden I was just numb because I was overstimulated. And then I had to have, for me, it was like a breaking point where it finally came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's very similar for me. I mean, when I was little, I remember always speaking to my spirit guides and being visited by aliens and like they would take me place. It was just a wild thing. Right. And I would, I I had a lot of anxiety. I had extreme anxiety from a very young age because I, I could feel everything and I knew it was going on and knew the sketchy stuff happening with the neighbors next door. And I could feel everybody's emotions. And I remember like expanding space and time and freaking out. Like I would see my room just widen around me and I would just freak out. You know, I'm three years old and I remember this so vividly. And I remember also when I was really little, I had mirror, like mirror closets and I would walk back and forth and I would like be preaching. I would be giving a speech and I was like four years old. And I remember afterward sitting down, looking at myself and I would think, wow, I'm really smart. How do I know those words? (laughs) I remember saying that. It was, it's so funny how this comes back. But what ended up happening was some non-physical entities were, it was a very pushy energy and almost coming in so physically that I didn't feel comfortable. And so I very much just flipped it off. I was just like, I don't want this anymore. I set such a strong barrier. And then flash forward to 
Mm, like end of when I was in college and I started working for Jordan Younger, who's very spiritual. And that kind of just opened my world to open my mind again to that whole world. And I was just curious about it. And then when I graduated, I actually found more energy healing and psychic work by through my chronic illness, just as another way to heal. And I think in working with those people, I'd start to turn back on again. And I ended up becoming Reiki certified. Um, I was told in a dream to, to do Reiki. And then when I started doing Reiki, that's when a lot of my psychic senses started opening up. And then I started just working with different modalities of energy healing and, um, you know, working with the Akashic Records and just exploring all things psychic and working with different mentors. And then how long was this? Maybe like eight or nine months ago. I just started dropping into into trance and channeling. And at first, I mean, I had really no control over it. And that's been the main thing I have been focusing on developing like since then pretty much. And so now I do a lot of trance channeling with different, different beings. Um, I still do energy healing, but I work with a different modality. Actually, it was Lionsgate. This is super cool. Mm. Lionsgate portal. I was like channeling for like three hours. I I like woke up, like woke up, I like opened my eyes like three hours later and I had written 20 pages, like 20 typed pages. And I didn't even know because that's how I was recording because I wasn't doing a voice that time. But then I was, you know, doing my thing and I essentially downloaded this different form of energy healing. And so they sent me, you understand this, like they like sent me the different symbols and showed me how to attune someone and told me how to activate someone in this I call her the angel of activation. She comes forward and she like activates my whole body and they gave me the words and the symbols and it's 7D. It's 7D healing and it's really freaking powerful. So I've been working with that since then um, for healing, for healing sessions and very much the channeling and then like all the other psychic stuff. And that's kind of, you know, what I've been up to, but I, I work more with spirit guides, angels, um, like I, I talk a lot to the Pleiadians. I visit my Pleiadian family a lot, more so than the mediumship. Um, so that's kind of my jam. I love that. And you're kind of freaking me out right now because I distinctly remember uh, <sighs> Lionsgate Portal. Mm-hmm. And I was in this, med- I was in a Kundalini meditation. And all of a sudden it was like, I just traveled to another world. I think I did travel to another world. Mm-hmm. My consciousness did. And I was shown these very specific, almost like tapping sequences and mm. pla- like places to touch your, your body or energy meridians. And I, like you just kind of said, like woke up, right? Like came, came to, came back into mm-hmm. my 3D body. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like how, where, what do I do with this? And I'm still, it's still digesting for me. It's still, I'm, I'm trying it out on myself, but I, I think that speaks to, I'm just sensing like there was a giant download of light code for mm-hmm. the people who are open to receive it and to then do something with it. Oh Yeah. Definitely. So you definitely should not just let that sit. Definitely keep practicing <laughs> on yourself. And I would start using it. They, they gave it to you for a reason. And uh-huh. I think, you know, every we're going through a huge upgrade right now. And this is the thing about energy healing. I very much believe in making whatever gifts you have, like making it your own, yeah. you know? And so I never really did traditional Reiki. Like <laughs> it wasn't like that, but it's like, I just... I have learned the most from my guides. Like they teach me, they show me, spirit shows me what to do. And whenever I follow that, it, it's, it ends up being better. It works out better. It makes more sense. I feel it more strongly. And so I just feel like whenever you're, you're given something like that, it's for, for a reason. It's a really cool time to be alive. It's, really it's, good. it's intense, but people are upgrading big time right now. Mm-hmm. And I also think this is a really important time to use our voices like above all else so that, you know, people need hope. Actually, I was, they were talking to me about this the other night, just really drilling it in. Like the most important thing you can do is keep speaking out because people need hope. Like people need to feel the hope and not a false hope, right? Like for those of us who 
are tapped in and can like feel this higher vibration and live in that light, it's so important that we use our voices so that people can feel that hope and that love. And like, because we know like as an empath, right, you can transmute the darkness into light. So use that gift. Now, now it is so important to use that gift. Mm -hmm. So I think we're seeing kind of a big divide with those who are choosing to upgrade and look like live in the light, like live with love. And then those who are really caving into the fear. Mm -hmm. And I know it's difficult, but it is a very interesting time to be on the planet. I 100% agree. I was just saying something along those lines in a training I did last week around, I sense my intuition shows me that the empath, star seeds, intuitives, highly sensitives that are attuned and have transmutation abilities are being asked to wake up even more and use their voice. Mm-hmm. And it's this like garnering energy that I'm sensing and feeling of like gathering the troops sort of where showing people what's possible and how to use these skills and how to share your voice. And what I hear in response oftentimes is that people can get overwhelmed by that. Like they feel the call. There's that little tickle in their heart or their belly or their throat. And they know they do have something to share want to take action. They're put on this planet for a reason. And at the same time, there's a sense of overwhelm. And that could be for many different reasons. But one of the other common threads I see is that they, it's like they care so much about so many things. Hmm. Where do I start? And I'm just one person. So how do I even have an impact? As somebody who is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. You have a lot of things going on in your business. I'd love your input on how do we then take all of these ideas and big dreams and passions and really channel that into change? Hmm. That's such a good question. And (laughs) what I'll say is, I think sometimes people... Look, I have all kinds of ideas, but that doesn't mean I'm, I'm supposed to be the one to put them all into action, yeah. right? And it's also about shifting from this energy of how do I change the world from like we change the world, right? Like we all play a different role and people show up in different ways. Not everybody needs to be teaching other people how to be psychic. Not everybody has to be teaching everybody how to build a business. Like we all play a different role and they're all important, right? Mm. And so I think really understanding that and then tuning into what does my, what are my natural strengths? This is where I think from a more objective standpoint, it's really helpful to do things like get a human design reading, like a professional reading or get an astrology reading, a soul plan reading. Like I think that these types of things are really helpful or even working with an intuitive who, and don't, you know, don't tell them too much and just see, because sometimes people will come to me and they don't even say a word and I go, you should be a designer. Like <laughs> I see it, right? And sometimes that person just needs the permission to go in that direction. Yeah. And so, yes, you are one one person. You don't have to do it all at once. You can't do it all at once. The thing is that I really believe that when we just follow what's in alignment most, like what our soul is calling us to in that moment, it almost... <laughs> Throughout our lives, we're going to shift and change and we're going to end up hitting all the dots we need to, right? And so I think, yeah, when you do have many different things that you love, people say that a lot and I feel the same way, but that doesn't mean I, I, I know that not all of those are supposed to be my career. What is my strongest point? What do people always ask me for help about? What, what naturally flows to me, right? So I feel like I'll use myself as an example. I've made a lot of big pivots in the last year and you know, I did nutrition coaching for a while and I was really good at it. Like (laughs) I was really good at it. I worked with a lot of really complicated chronic illness cases. And I think I was really good at it because I understood the energetic side of things. To be honest, I'm sure you can relate to this too, but there hit a point where my soul was so much in a different place and I was still really good at what I did. And I do love nutrition and health, but 
I was like, it's just, there's something that doesn't vibrationally fit anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that was really hard to leave that. But then also I felt this huge weight off my shoulders when I just switched into business coaching. What What ended up happening with business coaching was, I mean, that filled me up in such a different way. And I was like, I'm I'm really good at this. Like, I think I'm even better at this than nutrition coaching. (laughs) And then I started getting into it. And then because I was in alignment, my intuitive gifts started just opening up in a different way. And then it started to lead me down that path even more. And for example, like this last round of No Bullshit Business School was wild because I mean, that program is definitely like not all business. It never was, but something very strange happened with this group of women where they all like the whole course kind of just turned into like psychic development because that's what they were asking about in their Q and a calls. Like all of them were just asking about it. I'm like, what is happening here? And then that just led me into creating more offerings related to intuition. And so for me, it's like, I didn't have to try, right. I was just in alignment and the universe just kind of brought me the people that were going to lead me to the next path. And so I think that's the value of just staying in flow and following what's in alignment and trusting that it's all going to work out because I mean, you don't have to pick one thing for the rest of your life, but what right now calls to you the most. And I think there's value to trying things on, right? So maybe you think you want to follow this one passion and you start it and you're like, I don't actually like doing this for my job. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that I love doing that I'm like, I wouldn't want it to be my job, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I think maybe try different things on, but for most people, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you're intuitive and you know deep down where, where you really should be. And it's not what other people tell you you should do. It's not what you think you should do. It's what really lights my soul up. I'm naturally good at it. People naturally feel drawn to me about this and ask me about it. That's the thing. And follow that and then trust that everything else is going to work out from there. I have recently been using Blissoma skincare products and there's a super fun quiz when you go to their website and you can discover which plant is your perfect match because all these plants have personalities and energies as well. I took the quiz. I got marshmallow, which I think is so funny. And it's a perennial herb with a strong root system, flower stalks that extend four feet tall. And it's all about being the ultimate caretaker. And I find that I definitely apply that to my skin routine as well. So Blasoma blends whole herbs with radical compassion to create profoundly balancing skincare, which is especially important for people like myself who tend to be on the extra sensitive side with their skin. The product I'm loving right now is the Omega Miracle Facial Oil, and it has over 10 oils cold pressed and unrefined from these very rare seeds that are the perfect weight on your skin and what I found are just super, super healing. And it is as it sounds. It's pretty much good for everything. It's the miracle oil that's going to be used as a final layer on top of your moisturizer in order to help renew and replenish your skin. I'm super excited because I've been loving these products and I paired up with Blasoma to offer you 20% off all oils and serums with the code EMPATH. Simply go to blissoma.com. That's B-L-I-S-S-O-M-A.com. Definitely take the quiz. Let me know what you get. And then also use that code EMPATH for 20% off your order. There's this fear that if they choose one thing and maybe they've been stuck in indecision for a long time, they finally choose and then that's not the thing or it doesn't work out that somehow that's this like ultimate failure when Mm -hmm. in fact it's just feedback and it's also super helpful. Like you were mentioning really being shown that flow, that next step through that previous container like the clues are going to constantly be there. Are you open to see them? Are you open to to feeling or sensing or intuiting those in your body? Or are, is it that the brain is so focused on, I failed, I failed, I failed, I failed. What means the next time is going to be any different? And mm-hmm. I mean, my journey went from health coaching to more emotional roots of illness coaching to 
sort of dipping into the business coaching, but kind of one foot in here, one foot in there until like yourself finally just owned it. And I had to keep looking at those clues and continuing to listen to what people were saying in feedback forms. And also what was super fucking fun for me inside Mm -hmm. of courses, because that makes it so much easier. So there's so many things that are probably in somebody's mind who is starting a business or starting this journey. What would you tell that person? Maybe you can even zoom all the way back to the beginning of, of your business building. And regardless of what niche or direction you were going to go, what would you tell someone who's about to embark on that journey? Yeah, well, so I, I want to answer that question. I want to touch on some of the things you said, some of the fears that might pop up for someone where th- they're basically afraid to fail. And in my eyes, it's all in our perspective. It's all in our mindset, right? So I think part of why I'm not afraid to move forward and pivot and change is I don't really see anything as failure except not doing anything at all. Because to me, a step in any, in any direction is a step forward. Because what people do is they stay in one place and they, they're just looking. They're just looking, maybe I should go there, there. It's like, well, you're never moving anywhere. I would rather take a longer way somewhere than never get anywhere at all. So it doesn't always have to be a direct path. And often we, it's kind of like dating, right? What if you never, what if you never dated anyone unless you were 100 million percent sure they were your soulmate life partner? You would never date anyone. Part of finding your, yeah, right. Finding your soulmate life partner. Part of that is you have to go through other relationships where you realize what you do like, what you don't like, right? And you learn things from that person. You realize how, how like they're mirroring for you and you're like, whoa, I got to do some personal work. And it's that moment. A lot of women, my clients will say, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm not ready for him yet. So I got to do some personal work. You wouldn't know that until you had, you know, gone through other relationships. And so it's like, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. You've got to get started and it's, it's part of the path. So if I am in a relationship and we're together for two years and then we break up, was that a failure? No, it got me closer to finding my life partner, right? It was just part of the journey. It, it probably hurt, but it was part of the journey and I was going to have to do that to get there. And I think people want a really clean, easy path. That's not what life is about. That's not where the growth is, right? Mm -hmm. That's not the point of being a human. The point of being a human is the growth and personal development. So I'm going to say that. And I think also it's, it's the, the negative brain pathway that I would rewire there would be that the past, you're predicting the future based on the past. Just because something happened in the past doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Like then nobody would ever improve. It, you know what I love is I forget who posted it, but somebody was reposting. It was a, an Instagram carousel with all of these amazing inventors and authors. And they were saying this person tried 150 times and they failed every single time. And they got the one thing to work or this person like JK Rowling submitted her book to how many places before right. somebody finally said yes. Right. Imagine if they just said, I'm not going to do anything until I know it's going to work. You part of the failure is figuring out how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. So I think for me with business, I, this is actually really interesting because they said this, I was channeling the other night with some friends and they said this, and they told my friends to tell me because they're like, she's going to forget what, what they were saying was that part of why I, it can be because people know, like I'm so blunt and I'm just very, part of the reason why I'm like that is because so many of the thoughts that come through my head are not mine yeah. and they come in with such a neutral, like to the point, like mm-hmm. kind of tone. That's just how it comes out for me. So I think so much of my viewpoint on things when it seems so blunt or neutral or like, I'm like, I don't see it that way. It's just because that's how it's coming through in my head when they're, they're telling me these things. And so it's really just the power of that, that mindset shift. When, I'm, when you're first starting your business, I was never afraid to quote fail because I was always like, well, I, I didn't see anything as failing. I was like, I'm just going to go out there and do it. I'm going to fail if I never get started. And I also have always had this attitude of like, I would rather be homeless on the streets than be in a job that I hated. And also I'm never going to be homeless on the streets because... I know that I know how to hustle, but also I don't even have to hustle because I understand the laws of the universe in manifestation and I trust in it. And I really think that attitude is what has allowed me to move forward. And it's instead of judging 
where we're at and how we get there. It's just approaching everything with curiosity and thinking, okay, what did I learn from this? Right? This is the same reason why people are afraid to be wrong. Like, why are you afraid to be wrong? If somebody tells me I did something that I shouldn't have done or I was wrong about something, that's a really great opportunity for me to learn and be better. It's like when people avoid their triggers. Yeah, I know it's not comfortable, but that's extremely useful information so we can turn inward and become better people and attract in better things. So I honestly think that the biggest thing for me with building my business was knowing that there are a million ways I can make money as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And wow, cool. I also have a million interests. So I'm probably never going to run out of things. So I'm just going to start with the one that calls the most to me and try and figure it out as much as I can. If it's really not working, cool. I'll move into the, the other idea, <laughs> the other million ideas, and I'll apply all the things that I learned, all the mistakes I made into that business and it'll move forward more gracefully and easily. Yeah. Once that person maybe has decided where they're going to start. So I have uh, a million ways to make money and a lot of passions and I'm going to do it. I'm going to leap. I'm going to start here. I've been hearing like in the last week, actually, I've been hearing this a lot within mostly my Facebook group. There's been this compounded fear of no one's going to want it. My community's too small. I don't have enough followers. No one's going to sign up Like if this is a paid program. And I'd love your two cents on <laughs> that. I'm like, well, if you think that's going to happen, that's probably what's going to happen because you're exactly. putting that energy out there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, and this is where working with a coach is so, so valuable, like to have that transfer of confidence. And because I think so much of rewiring is, I mean, if it works for you, great. But I don't know. I don't know how people get results with these programs that are very much like, here's how you rewire the brain and there's no support. I think so much of it is that experience because you kind of have to have someone keep shifting your perspective. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. I think finding proof evidence that that's not true is really helpful. And what I'll say is I've done this enough times to tell you that some of my most successful clients have had a hundred followers and they're shocked. They're literally shocked because I'm like, just trust the process. I promise it will work. And we focus so much on, yeah, it's like once you have the strategy in place, like let's not overcomplicate it. Let's make that happen. Right. But then you shift your energetics and people just come to you. Why is it? We can find people all around us who, why do things just easily come to them, naturally come to them? It's something about their energy and what they're putting out there. It's usually the blissfully ignorant people who are really good at manifesting things, right? That's because so they, true. Just, they just think that everything's going to happen so easily. And it's that person when I remember being in high school and like being so jealous of people are like, they don't even try and everything comes to them. And here I am working so hard trying to force things to happen and they don't happen, right? And so what is it about that person? And so much of it is this, it's the subconscious belief. It's a subconscious belief, not just what you're saying. And part of how you can rewire the subconscious belief is like what we're saying consciously, right? But really being honest with yourself because you can stand in front of the mirror and say every day, like I'm a successful business owner. But then if right after you feel that little nudge in your stomach, that's, that's really saying, I don't believe that it's going to be so hard, then that's what you're, what you're going to attract in. But realize that you show up so differently when you come from the belief, this is going to work, right? Yeah. Everybody had to start from somewhere. But if you have a hundred followers, I mean, you know, everybody builds their business differently, but you can hit five to 10 K months. If you have three to five high paying clients, you can make, you can have a six figure launch. If 20 to 30% of that 100 person following signs up. And in fact, I actually think there's an advantage sometimes to having less followers because you can build a one a one-on-one -on -one connection with all of those people and that is really where the sales come in, right? But I just don't believe that you would feel so called to something if you weren't supposed to. Mm -hmm. Like this is where it's the trust of your intuition, right? Because people they feel the call and they and they don't trust it and they say that can't work all right, you basically just like took a magic seed and threw it away. This is how I feel, <laughs> right? Like your intuition doesn't lie. And I just don't, I don't believe that the universe would lead you so strongly to something if it wasn't exactly where you were meant to be. And I think we can get really caught up in numbers on Instagram, which is so silly, but there are people 
walking around in the world who have six, seven, eight figure businesses who aren't even on Instagram, who don't have a podcast, who have built this all word of mouth right, for social media. So they don't need a hundred followers. Half of them have 10 followers, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think if, when you find more and more examples of that, I'm not just saying that, like, so, and I think also what's really eye-opening is, and something that helped me was early on, I started to see all these people who I held on a pedestal with big followings and big podcasts, whatever. And then I got to understand that a lot of them didn't make that much money and they were, a lot of them really were struggling with business. And to me, that just kind of even the playing field and made me realize, okay, it's all an illusion. And if I feel really pulled to this, there's something here. So I'm just going to follow that nudge and it, and it works out. Mm-hmm. I would love to end with, I actually saw you posted a blog today about the most common energetic blocks to mm. bringing in that money in abundance. And could you maybe share a couple of those as a starting point so for people who are feeling inspired to start to work on that side of the business as well? Oh yeah. I love this. Okay. So I don't even remember if these are the same ones I said in there. Okay. Um, but you can, you can check the blog post later and link it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to say definitely root chakra. And the reason where, just so you understand where I'm coming from with this is because with my clients, I always do energy healing sessions that are essentially evaluating the energetic blocks related to abundance. And this is just like, what do I see over and over again with, with people? So often root chakra, right? So root chakra, stability, security, and obviously related to financial. And when people feel really ungrounded, and this is that feeling, this can be that feeling of, oh my God, I have so many places to go. Like, like what should I pick? What am I doing? That's very, really messing up your root chakra. And so finding some stability and security and like, this is where the routine, the, the, this is where the masculine structure comes into play and can be really helpful and physically grounding yourself. This is also why a lot of spiritual people, people in the spirituality space can have a hard time attracting in money because they're so ungrounded. Like they're so, they're so up here and it's like, we need to have a balance. And so being able to ground yourself, earth yourself, eat some more grounding foods, and even just that emotion of what am I doing every day to bring some more security and stability, emotional stability in my life, because this can be connected to your partner. I mean, this is huge. So many people have blocks to money because of their relationships, like their with their partner or even friendships. Sometimes that needs to shift before you're going to bring in more money. And so definitely root chakra imbalances. And then solar plexus, for sure, confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I almost feel like the solar plexus, the, those imbalances are almost a byproduct of other things. But what I'll say here is usually like other chakras being out of balance is how it feels to me. But the soul, with the solar plexus, I find so often it's things from childhood that made people feel like they weren't good enough. And then they start carrying those beliefs throughout the rest of their lives. So usually when I'm in there, they'll show me a scene from someone's childhood or what their parent, there's a lot with parents. Um, it can be a really small thing that somebody said to you when you were younger that made you feel like you weren't good enough or you had to try really hard. And it's just like, it's just created this twisted knot in there where it's like, I, I can't do this on my own, right? And this is also connected to where are you living that story of you have to, you can't do it on your own. You have to be supported by other people. It's that autonomy piece of, of the solar plexus. So thinking back and doing some inner child healing is huge for this. So that's what I'll say about solar plexus. Um, and then also with sacral, very much like for manifestation, getting into your feminine energy so you can be in the energy of receiving and bringing it in is huge. And so a lot of like having more sex, having more orgasms, really, um, you can be yourself, you can masturbate, it's fine. Right. <laughs> having more orgasms, um, being creative, like, yes, give you permission to be creative, right? Um, that's huge and tends to allow people to bring in more money. It's just, where am I resting? And so many people and this might be less of an issue with, with the empath uh, demographic. A lot of my demographic, they have such a hard time resting. They feel like they have to be doing something all the time. And this can be a huge block to bringing in money. You have to be in that energy of receiving. So that's very much um, sacral. And with if there's like past life stuff related to, oh, I was poor in, all my, in my past lives and you're holding on to that, that needs to be removed as well. But I, I think those are those are probably the main the main pieces. Um, 
And like overall, also just like the balance of the masculine feminine energy in your business is so important and not being too far in one versus the other. Yeah. I love that. I love how at the beginning you talked about for the empath who may be a little bit more in the airy upper chakras because that was so me and Mm -hmm. I loved it, but it also created so much anxiety because I never anchored down Mm -hmm. and it created a ton of issues around money because I never anchored down into those, the lower half of of my Mm -hmm. chakra system. So that makes a ton of sense. Thank you so much for being on today. I'd love for you to share just anything that's going on in your business and, and how people can connect with you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love these types of conversations. Um, yeah. So I am currently launching the next round of No Bullshit Business School, which is a three-month program I have to help people build six-figure online coaching businesses. Um, so it's very it's a very intensive program, but very much a balance of woo-woo and tangible marketing strategy. So that is open for enrollment until September 25th. And that information is on my website, ChristinaRiceWellness.com and on my Instagram, ChristinaRiceWellness. Um, the other thing that is going to be releasing soon is the podcast connector, which yeah. you you will be a part of. And the information there is at thepodcastconnector.com. And that service is to help amazing voices get on aligned podcasts. And so we have a roster of incredible podcasts and we've gotten to know what all of them are looking for and guests for their shows. And then we will match up guests with the podcast. So it's different than a traditional pitching network where you know, people just cold pitch to random podcasts and they don't have a prior relationship with the show. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about that. I'm sure like we both feel it energetically of why that's helpful. getting so many pitches that are not aligned. So that's at the podcastconnector.com. And those are the two main things that are, that are happening right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited. A lot of good stuff. That's so <laughs> exciting. I'm so excited for you. I'm cheering you on. And thank you again for being here today, Christina. Thank you so much. Thanks as always for tuning in to another episode of the Uncensored Empath Podcast. If you're loving the show, I would so appreciate if you can just take two minutes to leave a review on iTunes. Don't forget to also follow Christina at Christina Rice Wellness and myself over at the Uncensored Empath and tag us both as you share today's episode. Mm